0: Long History, Henry Hudson, Journey One, Part Three, Whales, Bears, Walruses and Seals. How did Hudson River, New York's famous river and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names? Find out about Henry Hudson's four historic journeys here. Hello everyone, I hope you're having a good day and this is Long History, where we take famous source documents from history and split them into 10 minute chunks. And just to reiterate, these are the sources, so pretty much anything written about these events is based on the documents that we cover on Long History. At the moment we're going through Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries. This contains Henry Hudson's famous four journeys. And we're on to part three now of four parts for this first journey. Hudson has been heading north past Greenland's coast onto Svalbard in the hope of finding a passage to the Far East via the North Pole after two very cold episodes. In this episode Hudson is forced to come to the conclusion that the ice and the terrible weather means that there is no direct route to the Far East crossing the North Pole. So before we get started just a quick reminder that there are 25 parts to this series. The first journey ends in the next episode and then the second journey begins so don't forget to subscribe to be informed when those episodes are released. And if you're interested in these pioneering expeditions, we've got plenty on Long History about Magellan, Francis Drake, Columbus and many others. Now as the last episode ended, Hudson and his crew had made it to the seas around Svalbard Island in the Arctic Circle. It's referred to as Newland in this document. Unlike our other journeys on Long History, Hudson and his crew have met no people on this voyage. Instead, this document so far has been about the terrible weather and the animals they meet. From this inauspicious start, future exploration will become more and more significant. But for now, Hudson has the ice near the North Pole to contend with. So let's get going with Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 3, Whales, Bears, Walruses and Seals. The eleventh. Very clear weather with the wind at south-east-south. South. We will come out of the Blue Sea into our Green Sea again, where we saw whales. Now, having a fresh gale of wind at south east it behoved me to change my course, and to sail to the northeast, by the southern end of Newland. But, being come into a green sea, praying for God to direct me, I steered away north ten leagues. After we saw ice on our larboard, we steered away east and by north three leagues, and left the ice behind us, then we steered away north till noon." This day we had the sun on the meridian south and by west westerly. His greatest height was 37 degrees 20 minutes. By this observation we were in 79 degrees 17 minutes. We had a fresh gale of wind and a smooth sea, by means whereof our ship had outrun us. At 10 this evening clear weather and then we had the company of our troublesome neighbours ice with fog. The wind was at south-southwest. Here we saw plenty of seals, and we supposed bears had been here, by their footing and dung upon the ice. This day many of my company were sick with eating bears' flesh the day before unsalted. The twelfth for the most part was thick fog. We steered between south and by east, and south-southeast two and a half leagues, to clear us of the ice. Then we had the wind at south. We steered till noon northeast five leagues. This morning we had our shrouds frozen. At noon, by our account, we were in eighty degrees, being little wind at west-southwest, almost calm with thick fog. This afternoon we steered away north and sometimes northeast, and then we saw ice ahead of us. We cast about and stood southeast with little wind and fog. Before we cast about by means of the thick fog, we were very near ice, being calm, and the sea setting on to the ice, which was very dangerous. It pleased God at the very instant to give us a small gale, which was the means of our deliverance. To him be praise, therefore. At twelve this night it cleared up, and out of the top William Collins, our Botsway, saw the land called Newland by the Hollanders, bearing south-south-west 12 leagues from us. The thirteenth in the morning, the wind at south and by east, a good gale, we cast about and stood north-east and by east, and by observation we were in eighty degrees twenty-three minutes. This day we saw many whales. This forenoon proved clear weather, and we could not see any sign of ice out of the top. Between noon and three of the clock we steered away north-east and by east five leagues, then we saw ice on head of us. We steered east two glasses, one league, and could not be clear of the ice with that course. Then we steered away southeast two leagues and a half. After, we sailed east and by north, and east four leagues till eight the next morning. The 14th in the morning was calm with fog. At nine, the wind at east, a small gale with thick fog. We steered east and by east, And running this course, we found our green sea again, which by proof we found to be freest from ice, and our azure blue sea to be our icy blue sea. At this time we had more birds than we usually found. At noon, being a thick fog, we found ourselves near land bearing east off us. And running farther, we found a bay open to the west, and by north northerly, the bottom and sides thereof, being to our sight very high and ragged land. The northern side of this bay's mouth, being high land, is a small island, the which we called Collins Cape, by the name of our Botswain who first saw it. In this bay we saw many whales, and one of our company, having a hook and line overboard to try for fish, a whale came under the keel of our ship and made her held. Yet, by God's mercy, we had no harm, but the loss of the hook, and three parts of the line. At a southwest sun from the northwest and by north a flood set into the bay. At the mouth of this bay we had sounding thirty fathoms, and after six and twenty fathoms, but, being farther in, we had no ground at an hundred fathoms, and therefore judged it rather a sound than a bay. Between this high ragged in the swamps and valleys lay much snow. Here we found it hot on the southern side of this bay lie three or four small islands or rocks. In the bottom of this bay, John Coleman, my mate, and William Collins, my Botswain, with two others of our company, went on shore. And there they found and brought aboard a pair of morse's teeth in the jaw. They likewise found whale's bones and some dozen or more of deer's horns. They saw the footings of beasts of other sorts, they also saw rote geese. They saw much driftwood on the shore, and found a stream or two of fresh water. Here they found it hot on the shore, and drank water to cool their thirst, which they also commended. Here we found the want of a better shipboat. As they certified me, they were not on the shore past half an hour, and among other things brought aboard a stone of the country. When they went from us it was calm, but presently after we had a gale of wind at northeast, which came with the flood with fog. We plied to and again in the bay, waiting their coming, but after they came aboard we had the wind at east and by south a fine gale. We, minding our voyage and the time to perform it, steered away northeast and north-northeast. This night proved clear, and we had the sun on the meridian, on the north and by east part of the compass from the upper edge of the horizon. With the cross staff, we found his height 10 degrees 40 minutes, without allowing anything for the semi-diameter of the sun, or the distance off the end of the staff from the centre in the eye. From a north sun to an east sun, we sailed between north and north-northeast, eight leagues. The 15th in the morning was very clear weather, the sun shining warm, but little wind at east southerly. By a south-east sun, we had brought Collins Cape to bear off us south-east, and we saw the highland of Newland, that part discovered by us on our starboard, eight or ten leagues from us, trending north-east and by-east, and south-west and by-west, eighteen or twenty leagues from us to the north-east, being a very high mountainous land, like ragged rocks with snow between them. By mine account, the northern part of this land which we now saw stretched into eighty one degrees. All this day proved clear weather, little wind, and reasonable warm. The sixteenth in the morning, warm and clear weather. The wind at north. This morning we saw that we were compassed in with ice in abundance, lying to the north, to the northwest, the east, and south east and being run toward the farthest part of the land by us discovered, which for the most part trendeth nearest hand north-east and south-west, we saw more land joining to the same, trending north in our sight, by means of the clearness of the weather, stretching far into 82 degrees, and by the bowing or showing of the sky much farther, which when I first saw, I hoped to have a free sea between the land and the ice, and meant to have compassed this land by the north, but now, finding by proof it was impossible, by means of the abundance of ice compassing us about by the north and joining to the land, and seeing God did bless us with a fair wind to sail by the south of this land to the north we returned, bearing up the helm, minding to hold that part of the land which the Hollanders had discovered in our sight, and if contrary wind should take us, to harbour there, and to try what we could to find the charge of our voyage, and to proceed on our discovery as soon as God should bless us with wind. And this I can assure at this present, that between 78 degrees and 82 degrees, by this way there is no passage. But I think this land may be profitable to those that will adventure it. In this bay before spoken of, and about this coast, we saw more abundance of seals than we had seen any time before, swimming in the water. At noon this day, Having a stiff gale of wind at north, we were thwart of Collins Cape, standing in 81 degrees and a half, and at one of the clock the cape bare northeast off us. From thence I set our course west-southwest, with the purpose to keep in the open sea free from ice, and sailed in that course sixteen leagues. At ten this night we steered away south-west, with the wind at north a hard gale, until eight the next morning, eighteen leagues. The seventeenth, in the morning, a good gale at north, at eight we altered our course and steered away south till eight in the evening and ran twelve leagues. This day proved reasonable clear and warm. The eighteenth in the morning the wind increased at south and by east with thick fog. All this afternoon and night proved close weather, little fog and reasonable warm. The nineteenth, at eight in the morning, the wind at south with thick fog. We steered south four leagues till noon. Then the wind veered more large. We steered south-east and by-east four leagues till four. Then we veered sheet, and steered east and by south till fifteen leagues, till eight in the morning. This day after the morning proved reasonable clear and warm. The twentieth in the morning, little wind. At eight this morning we saw land ahead of us under our lee, and to weatherward of us distant from us, twelve leagues, being part of Newland. It is very high mountainous land, the highest that we had seen until now. As we sailed near it, we saw a sound ahead of us lying east and west. The land on the northern side of this sound's mouth, trendeth nearest hand, west-north-west, and east-south-east, twelve leagues, in our sight, being ten leagues from us. And the land on the southern side, being eight or ten leagues in our sight, at this time trendeth south-south-east and north-north-west. From eight to noon was calm. This day, by observation, we were in 77 degrees 26 minutes. On the northern side of the mouth of this inlet lie three islands, not far the one from the other, being very high, mountainous land. The farthest of the three to the north-west hath four very high mounds, like heaps of corn, that island next to the inlet's mouth hath one very high mount on the southern end. Here, one of our company killed a red-billed bird. All this day, after the morning and all night, proved calm, inclining rather to heat than cold. This night we had some warm rain. So having headed north, but being beaten by the ice, the crew are heading back south again. Hudson seems to make his decision to turn back with the following quotation. And at this I can assure at this present that between 78 degrees and 82 degrees, by this way there is no passage, but I think this land may be profitable to those that will adventure it. So Hudson has tried to find a passage to the Far East via the North Pole, but has come to the conclusion that this is not possible. Nevertheless, he finds the positive out of this, saying that the land that they found could be profitable. And it's interesting that when they went on shore, as it says in this document, they, among other things, brought aboard a stone of the country. So the fact that they're coming back with stones from the land shows that this is a pioneering voyage in a similar way to those first trips to the moon. When the things they bring back are as basic as rocks, we can see just how unexplored these areas are. In the next journey, Hudson's first journey, having reached its limits, he makes the final decision to head back to England. So if you've reached this part of the episode, please do give it a like before you go. And don't forget to subscribe to be informed when the remaining parts of these journeys are released. We've got lots of similar adventures on long history to explore. But above all, before we go, I'd just like to thank you for listening to this episode, which was... Henry Hudson, Journey 1, Part 3 Whales, Bears, Walruses and Seals Goodbye!